Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. I'm your host, Brian Nichols, and today we have another fun-filled podcast. Uh, it's going to be a great discussion, just like it was last week. Uh, hopefully you were able to join us last week as we discussed climate change as myself and uh, brought on Derek LeBaron and Paul Riley. This week, guys, even better dis- uh, I don't want to say better, because that wouldn't uh, be just for them. It's, it's, it's a more, uh, I guess, personal conversation. We're just going to be talking about uh, a couple individuals within the uh, modern political discourse. And uh, we're going to debate where they are. Not debate. We're going to have a conversation about where they lie uh, you know, in our discourse today. Um, but first, let me introduce my two guests. First and foremost, um, I have John Pierre Maley. Uh, and John, I'll give you a really quick rundown of John. So John... Um, as I pull your bio up, John, my phone decided to restart. John is a uh, John Pierre is a, a freelance writer and social media consultant living in the Washington D.C. area. He is the founder of the Political Informer and enjoys fashion and ripping on pseudo intellectuals, which is what we're going to be talking about today um, on Twitter. John Pierre, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Awesome, and hey, thanks for for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Um, and then uh, next on the, our agenda today. To, to join us, we have Brendan Noble, and Brendan Noble is a conservative libertarian senior studying economics at Hillsdale College. He is also the student director and social media director for the Patrick Kolbeck for Governor campaign in Michigan. In the past, he has served as Michigan State Chair for Young Americans for Liberty, Michigan State Chair for Students for Rand, and as campaign manager for the Jeff Noble for Michigan State representative campaign. Brendan, how are you doing today? All right, all right. Awesome. Right here, <laughs> I can't complain there, right? Hey, guys, uh, so again, to start off, thank you very much for joining today. Um, and for those of you who are, who are listening at home, just to, to recap, if you haven't uh, listened to The Brian Nichols Show before, um, so who we are, The Brian Nichols Show, it's, a, it's the, the newest podcast on the We Are Libertarian Network um, with content for libertarians all the way through socialists and communists and all those in between, basically I don't care who you are, it's for anyone who is seeking a political news program that objectively covers this week's news or various things in politics to help us educate, enlighten, and inform. And uh, that's where we start our conversation today. So, uh, in the news, we have two um, pretty prominent individuals and figures within uh, the modern political discourse. Uh, one who's been there for quite a while, I'd say about you know three years, we'll say, in uh, Ben Shapiro of the, the Daily Wire, formerly of uh, Breitbart. And then uh, more recently, we have Dr. Jordan uh, Peterson from the University of Toronto, who, who really came to his, his prominent uh, spotlight after his debate on uh, Channel 4 News there over in the UK um, with Kathy Newman. Uh, so... With that being said, I want to invite both both John Pierre and Brendan on to have a discussion. Now, I don't want to frame things incorrectly, but John Pierre, let me let me start off with your position. So, I through our our interactions on on social media, more specifically on Twitter, where you can follow me at B Nichols Liberty. Um, I I've come to the to the conclusion just from my observations that you're. Uh, you're not a big fan of uh, of Dr. Peterson or or uh, Ben Shapiro, so could you kind of just like give us your your reasoning is where you stand and, and maybe why you stand there, and uh, you know the the background behind what made you you know have this belief uh, that they are to use your words uh, pseudo intellectuals. Okay, um, 
with uh with Shapiro it's a little more um my position on him is a little more like solid I guess I've done more research into him than Peterson at this point but uh with with Shapiro um I guess it started like a year ago just a bunch of people labeling him a the the conservative intellectual or you know bringing back intellectualism into the conservative movement um blah 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 and after just looking at some of his like every time i would come across his content whether on youtube the daily wire twitter it just never really impressed me and there was always something off about it and he didn't act in such a way that i thought a conservative intellectual should act and so after digging through a bunch of his stuff um other people were digging through it as well um just came to the conclusion that he's not an intellectual and he doesn't act like it really in any manner and he's he's basically just an entertainer um who people think as who people think it you know he's more than he is and so treat him as such and he has a lot of influence because of that um with peterson Peterson is odd because he's actually an academic, but he has a strong following on YouTube and all, among like these certain groups of like alt right or alt light, you know, people who people who really enjoy using um, like Pepe the Frog memes and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of the stuff that he does, he's a little more he's a lot more nuanced than Shapiro when it comes to this, but. He, uh, it's in the little things that he does. And again, I haven't researched, um, really dug into his, his issues yet, but he does seem to be a little more, uh, like shallow on how he views issues, especially when it comes to like feminism and gender pronouns and, uh, uh, uh his new book that came out. But yeah, that's that's basically a summarization of what I think of them. Okay. Um, now, just just so we're all on like the same playing field here, because I want to make sure we're all using the the same terms, uh, I guess, equally. So, mm -hmm. can we can we just kind of, I guess, um, and Brendan, feel free to hop in as well, so we can all get on the same page here. Um, the terms intellectual and pseudo intellectual. So, you know, if if you're Let's just give them a basic definition. So an intellectual is going to be a person who engages in, in critical thinking, research, and reflection about society and proposes solutions for its normative problems, whereas a, a pseudo-intellectual would be, A, a person who claims to have this proficiency in scholarly or, or, or artistic activities while they're, they're lacking in depth of knowledge or, or the critical understanding that lies underneath, while also, B, maybe pretending to have a greater bit of intelligence than they actually would have. Is that a fair assessment of the terminology so we're all using the same i guess the same lingo equally yeah i definitely think so yeah to a degree i would i would leave out the intelligence part just because i i believe that like uh like i'm pretty sure ben shapiro is pretty smart but i just don't think he uses it in an intellectual manner if that makes sense okay understood um so brendan now you you look at um, you know, Ben Shapiro more as, as is the intellectual, um, versus the, the pseudo intellectual. Um, and obviously when I, when I reached out to you, um, you know, we did bring up 
Dr. Peterson as well, just because he is he's kind of this new you know, shining image of this this intellectual on the the right or in the libertarian uh, realm that people are looking at as this this new means to basically have an authority with his education and his experience. So, can you kind of give me your uh, your perspective looking at both Ben Shapiro and Dr. Peterson from your perspective that they're uh, both intellectuals? Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that's actually I find really interesting is that uh, actually they were both on the Rubin Report at the same time um, recently. That yeah, just yesterday. Go listening to that. Um, and if you listen to that interview, I don't think you could possibly claim that neither of them are intellectuals because the amount of things they were going into in those discussions, many of things. Um, you sometimes mention Shapiro, especially on Twitter and things like that. You might it might seem that he just is going shallow or things like that. What what Ben Shapiro often does is he often takes a mainstream frontal view or on Twitter or things like that. It what might appear as a more shallow view, but on a lot of these shows, when you, he has opportunity to elaborate on a lot of things, he explains again in the in the Ruben Report um, video I was able to watch. Um, he really, he and Jordan Peterson as well, they do a fantastic job of explaining how they start, um, how you should start as an intellectual, with the evidence you have, certain ideas, certain axioms, and building off of there in a logical way to reach a valid conclusion. And, and with an open mind, thinking about, okay, if somebody has a different idea than me, how do I um, analyze that? If it, um, they, they, they take a very good job of being open-minded, also being self-conscious about that. And often these pseudo-intellectuals you'll talk about, you'll see in a lot of pundits, um, they, you know, if somebody disagrees with them, they just go on the attack. They try to destroy this other person. They just, all they do is yell the same things at the other person. These people have, both of these guys have a very, very solid grounding in what they understand. I mean, um, they're talking about Plato and Aristotle and um, a lot of really religious topics, very in depth, not just on a shallow level, but showing that how they have very different viewpoints on a lot of things, but how they can have a common set of values, but with different viewpoints. And that's a lot of discussion you can't have unless you're an intellectual. I mean, you can, but not at these level. A lot of these guys have, and things like Twitter and Facebook often don't show as well. Um, how intellectual they actually are. And I think that might be part of the problem. If you just see on Twitter, you might think that Ben Shapiro is just this political pundit. But if you manage to look at him a lot and see, really hear from um, in depth a lot of his ideas, he has a very solid founding on why he's saying what he says. And even whether you agree with him or not on some of those ideas, I think he's very much intellectual in that way. I think he does a good job, though, of taking often some of these intellectual ideas in intellectual conversations. He'll have that more in-depth topic, but often being an intellectual, but bringing those ideas down so that like the average person can in politics can understand that. I think that's important, and I think that's why he manages to be so popular, because he can speak, speak to both intellectual community and the um, more common people on social media a lot. All right. Uh, so I think that was a pretty good framing by both of you in terms of where your positions lie and why you believe what you believe as it pertains to both Ben Shapiro and Dr. Peterson. Now, just I think it's important for the audience to kind of get an idea of uh, the credentials for Ben Shapiro as well as Dr. Peterson. So 
So really quickly, um, so Ben Shapiro, he graduated summa cum laude from and Phi Beta Kappa and earned a BA in political science from a UCLA in 2004, and then graduated cum laude from Harvard Law School in 07. Uh, after working as an attorney at Goodwin Proctor LLP, he began his own legal consulting firm, the Benjamin Shapiro Legal Consulting Firm. Uh, and now, obviously, uh, after his tenure at, at Breitbart.com, he has started his own uh, organization, The Daily Wire, uh, which you know would be up there with the likes of of the Blaze and and you know Town Hall and Red State and the likes. Uh, but then Dr. Peterson, obviously, now he has and and, and John Pierre mentioned this as well. He has a much more extensive uh, background in, edu- in his education because he is a doctor and you know he earned his BA degree also in political science, which I thought was interesting, uh, only back in '82, and uh, also a degree in psychology in '84. Both of them from the University of uh, Alberta. And then he earned his PhD in clinical psychology from McGill University in 91. He remained at McGill as a postdoctoral fellow for two years before he moved to the States in Massachusetts, where he worked as an assistant and an associate professor in the psychology department at Harvard University. In 1998, he moved to the University of Toronto as a full professor and then authorized, or he authored, excuse me, The Maps of Meaning, which is the Architecture of Belief, in 1999, which was a work that examined several academic fields to describe the structure of systems of beliefs and myths. Their role in regulation of emotion, creating of meaning, and motivation for genocide. And obviously, as John Pierre mentioned, he just authored his new book, uh, which I-, I would describe as a psychologist view and a help uh, help self book, um, or self help book rather. So, just so we can kind of get that out of the way, and, and we're not just arguing through semantics of their their you know their cre- their credentials in this discussion. So, um, with that being said, and and I'm going to point this question to you, John Pierre. So. I, I myself, to get my own biases out, I fall in the camp that Brendan does. I look at Ben and I look at uh, Dr. Peterson as two voices in our modern political discourse who they might come across as this clickbait, you know, sensational headline grabbing, attention grabbing uh, voice. But in reality, it's just because in our modern society, that's the stuff that gets attention, but when you actually get into what they're discussing, they, they're they very intellectual. They have a lot of not only research and they have a lot of, you know, of, of knowledge behind that, that it's it's not the, the Tommy Loren of the world. It's not where she's going to go out and, and call, you know, John Kennedy uh, third a, a, a limp dick uh, lip or whatever she called him that she got in trouble for this past day. Um like she's, it's not the the, it's not the sensational clickbait. It's not the Sean Hannity. It's not the Tommy Loren. It's actually, there's substance behind it. So, John John Pierre, help me rec, uh, like I guess, help me get through that and kind of reconcile where our differences are in my interpretation of looking at them as well as your interpretation of looking at them, and Ben and Brendan's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely agree that she, uh, he is not comparable to Tommy Loren like she is definitely like several several significant levels below him in terms of punditry and everything um you make a good point with the whole you know it might look clickbaity or you know etc but it's it's the best way to get the message out um I guess that's true to a degree when I read his stuff though and 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 Brendan made a good a good comment about Twitter um, Twitter's not the only thing that I see um, that I found problems with, and it's it's honestly not even the most significant 
it just kind of adds fuel to the fire. Um, but like most of his writing that I've come across, um, especially if it's in the Daily Wire or in Town Hall, it's very, it, it has a very like hyper partisan perspective on it when it comes to the issues. Um, it has a very black and white perspective. There's not a lot of uh, like outside thought or research that went into like so maybe he's talking about like you know issue a well he's not pulling out like you know relating how like issue b and thing c or whatever relate to that he's just talking from it from a basic like you know either his christian his you know kind of like christian judeo uh perspective or again this narrative of like the left is trying to destroy institutions um or cultural marxism you know just a bunch of these like he uses a lot of buzzwords and terms and rhetoric that is super familiar with his audience but i don't believe is actually communicating anything that they don't know he's just framing issues in in you know in an ideological points that his audience already knows and already accepts so he's just basically preaching to the choir and he's not trying to like push the conversation and he, he also he does participate in a lot of hyper partisanship which is probably one of my bigger pet peeves okay so so it's the hyper partisanness and then essentially pandering and and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm just trying to to frame it so mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's the pandering to an audience that that you find a lot of fault with also when it kind of goes into the, the hyper partisan pandering where it's, it's not having a conversation. It's here's what I believe. And here's why I believe it. And all the stuff I'm trying to do by Ben Shapiro impersonation. Um, you know, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. And here's all the information from the past that would, would validate what I'm saying. So, you know, it gotta be true. And that's why my side's right. Is that, is that kind of framing it in the best way possible? Yeah. I mean, there's, Again, there's a lot of like points that I can pull out. Um, and like if we, you know, I have examples of stuff that I can pull up, but um, he, everything is like he's trying to like get just get somebody, you know, he's, he's waiting for that like, haha, got you moment. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you watch and, the, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, the, the Jordan Peterson interview with, with uh, Kathy Newman? Uh, no, but I read an, I read a few like critiques of it um, that basically said that um, that was the Channel Four one, right? Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking is just because there, there's a, a moment in it, and maybe Brendan, you saw this as well. So um, there's a moment where Dr. Peterson is talking with Kathy Newman, and uh, she, the, the the conversation drifted towards a discussion on um, trans uh, individuals having the the right not to be offended by the use of pronouns. Um, mm -hmm. that they disagreed with and or they didn't identify with. And Dr. Peterson then kind of responded saying, well, the right to offend is the reason we're able to have a conversation because if we don't have the right to offend someone, then we'll never be able to have a conversation where we can you know, try to find common ground. And she was like, well, why, why do, does their right to not be, or don't they have the right to be not offended? And he says, well, you know, obviously in our conversation here, you, you weren't worried about uh, not offending me. And, and that's a good thing because that's your job. And, and she kind of sat there and she had to think about it for a second. And there was this one little moment where like, to your point, actually, John Pierre is like, he goes, ha, gotcha. 
And it, it, I don't think he meant to do it, but it was one of those things where she was such on the uh, on attack mode that mm-hmm. it was kind of like this this self validation that like, haha, yeah. see, this is why we have to have a conversation. So let with me, that interview, yep. yeah, go ahead. Everything that I've read, and I, I I haven't watched it yet, but I basically agree with the people that I've read. Um, but the critiques, like the interviewer Kathy, uh, what's her last name? Yeah, it's a uh, Kathy Newman, I believe, from Channel Four over in uh, the UK. Yeah, she was, like, apparently just trying to, like, catch him at every single turn and was definitely not, like, properly handling that interview. Like, it was just, from what I've heard, it it was just a complete sham. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and again, this is me and my own own soapbox is that, um, you know, if you were to watch her interview she did back uh, with, with Milo Yiannopoulos, I mean, it was the exact same thing. And, and by no stretch of the imagination, am I a fan of Milo? Um, but it wasn't an mm-hmm. interview. It, it was a, well, you said this terrible thing or you said this thing that's controversial. This is bad, isn't it? And, and she had this reoccurring theme where it was uh, her saying, so what you're saying is, instead of letting him say what he was supposed to say, yeah. um, and it wasn't of her saying, you know, so what you're saying is, and then trying to elaborate it in a way that maybe her audience would better understand, it was a framing it to basically twist his words to then basically attack him and make him go on the defensive. Now, with that being said, um, I want to bring Brendan in really quick. So, I and, and Brendan, I think we can kind of, you know, since we're kind of on the same side of this and we see, you know, where, where John's issues are, now I'm going to, you know, toss you a question and see maybe if we can try to find some common ground with John Pierre. Um, and sorry, John, John Pierre, I, I, I have seen you on Twitter for the longest time and all I see is John and that's like the first thing in my head. So calling you John Pierre is going to be, it's one of those things I'm trying to get over. Um, but we've seen, you know, John Pierre's position in, in, you know, the, the part, the partisanship and, you know, the, the buzzwords and the likes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. My position to this, and I'll, I'll toss this to you is maybe it's because in our modern society, how we're able to have these conversations, it almost, it's almost like we're talking to two different tribes. And instead of trying to talk to each other, we take these two different tribes with our with our little flags planted on our hills saying, this is what we believe, and we scream at each other instead of actually trying to have a conversation where those those hyper-partisan, you know, those, those little articles that are hyper-partisan or the buzzword uh, articles or the clickbait articles, they're not actually accomplishing anything. Is that kind of – you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, for sure. Um, ben Shapiro, one of those things is – you know, Twitter, I think, has amplified this apparent tribalism we see in politics uh, even more. I mean, <laughs> absolutely, I, yes. I, I, I've spoken a lot about this as well. There seems, I mean, there's, I, I, I'm not saying that there's only the two tribes, but you know, in politics, it seems like there's the Democrats, the Republicans, and they sit there on Twitter and yell at each other. And there's been plenty of studies shown that there's no overlap or anything like that, and it seems to be that. You know, Ben Shapiro is trying. The, the uh, Pierre said that um, Ben Shapiro is trying to cater to those people, and I would say um, there's a few elements to this. I'd say first, it's very difficult for an intellectual to speak at a high level to a crowd that wouldn't understand what they're saying. Um, um, and which is a large amount of Twitter, a large amount of people that read the, the wire, a large amount of people that read all the uh, everything else that Ben Shapiro reads, watches show. Um, that's just how a lot of the times it is, or who he's discussing with. Um, it can be very difficult to express those views, and he, he 
I, I think actually this is almost why I think he, even more is a, not the fact he's a pseudo intellectual, but he's an intellectual that knows how to talk to common person. There's so many intellectuals out there, conservative, Democrat, uh, progressive, libertarian, whatever, that just don't know how to talk to the average person. They go over everybody's heads and that becomes a major issue. I think what Ben Shapiro actually does a really good job is, you know, I, I don't think he's up there with like a huge professor or something like that. But I do think he still meets that intellectual material. But he still manages to take those ideas and bring it to the average person in a digestible format. Um, we can disagree. I mean, um, I, I, I don't I don't agree with all the ways he does it. I think he might use too many buzzwords and things. But I don't think that doesn't make him an intellectual. Um, it's um, and also on Jordan Peterson with this. And you saw that uh, you can see that in the Rubin uh, report discussion. With him. It seems like when you put when you put two intellectuals this together, you can see the ideas flowing. You can see this deep conversation happening. And I think you see that in the Rubin report between these two guys. They're, I mean, they're discussing ethics. They're discussing metaphysics. Um, and on the free speech issue, the tra uh, um, trans issue, and things like that, they're going much, much deeper than you'd see on that Channel 4 news report when somebody's just going after you. Um, you can't get that when, and he, he mentions this in the, the Rubin report thing, um, is that, it, when the other person's going at a service level, if you're going deep, they're just going to keep going over you and because uh, they don't understand what you're saying. And so when you're talking on different levels, it's very hard for that to occur. So when you see two people being able to talk at a deeper level, you, it becomes very obvious to both these men know really what they're talking about. They have a deeper understanding of the issues, even if they talk sometimes at a more service level. Um, you can talk at a service level, but not become a non-intellectual. You just, uh, as long as you still have that ability, have the solid grounding underneath it to um, back up those ideas. And I think Ben Shapiro really does have, he speaks at a lot of colleges, um, you, you read a lot of speeches there. Sometimes it's like a lot of pumping up, there's also a lot of meat behind some of what he's saying. Um, and when you're, when you are talking to one tribe or the other, um, I mean, this is a bit of a business as well. You have to be able to make sure, it, it, if it's not digestible, it's not going to be able to be a little potentially controversial. You're not going to get read. You're not going to make any money. Nobody's going to hear about you. And you'll have to, uh, you're not going to make any money in this business. I mean, part of the money of being a political pundit, whether you're intellectual or not an intellectual, is getting read, being heard of. And both these guys have managed to take, I feel like, an intellectual approach to the pundit style. Uh, instead of uh, what I think you see with Tommy Lauren and other people who are taking non-intellectual So you can, I think you can be a pundit on different issues and still, but as long as you have that solid grounding, solid understanding of what you're saying, both these men solidly have talking about Aristotle, talking about Plato, talking about ethics, talking about physics, um, I, I think it really shows up in what they're saying. So let, let me just kind of digest that too really quick. So I think if I could put a bow on what you just said, Brendan, is that you're you're looking at Dr. Peterson and Ben Shapiro, that they're they're intellectuals. It's that they're trying to speak to an audience, be it individuals that agree or disagree, in the language that they would understand, to then try to have a conversation. Is is that is that fair? Yes, and I mean, um I can even pull uh, you know um I don't mean to just pull the biblical metaphor over here, but you'd say 
Jesus was very good at speaking to the average person. He spoke through metaphors in ways that the average person could relate to. A lot of these things, Ben Shapiro does, um, he's obviously not the same thing as Jesus. But Well, he's a Jew, so he wouldn't agree with Jesus anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, with these ideas. But, you know, Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, he, he manages to speak to a lot of the average people in a way they understand. And I think that's the important aspect. I think that's why he's really popular. It's not because he's just trying to rile up crowds. He manages to rile up crowds behind ideas that he has a very solid back to. Giving them maybe not the 100% why he does it, he gives them, he starts giving them bit by bit enough information to make it. So this, so I'm going to kind of uh, give my little perspective here and, and I'll, I'll toss it over to you, John Pierre. So now Brendan brought up and, and we talked about a little earlier, there was, there's an episode that just came out actually today. It was filmed yesterday. It was the, uh, the Rubin report with Dave Rubin, um, where he had both Dr. Peterson as well as Ben Shapiro in studio. And, um, and, and they, they did it. They had a very in-depth, which I would classify as an, an intellectual conversation, and as Brendan elaborated, they went through, you know, both, both philosophy, um, history, I mean, they, they were digging through these issues in a much more as, and I, I hope, John Pierre, you can maybe agree or, or agree to disagree, I would say in an intellectual manner that you wouldn't see on Twitter or you wouldn't see in a Daily Wire article. Um, now, with that being said, Let's give. I want to give like a hypothetical situation, and it would be a Rubin report. We'll have two contrasting Rubin reports. It would be either uh, Sally Cohn versus Tommy Laren, or Ben Shapiro versus Van Jones. So, I don't agree with Sally Cohn and Van Jones. You know. Hardly at all. I, I mean, there's some issues as a libertarian when it comes to like civil rights and the likes. I, I'm more on their side of the social issues. But if I were to have to watch a debate, or not even a debate, a conversation between Tommy Laren and Sally Cohn, moderated by Dave Rubin, versus a conversation between Van Jones and Ben Shapiro, moderated by Dave Rubin, I personally believe that as somebody in the audience or just somebody who, who's able to watch this, that I would get, and I hope everybody else would get, a lot more out of a conversation between Van Jones and Ben versus Sally Cohn and Tommy Laren. And I think my belief and the way, the reason I do look at, even even though I don't agree with Van Jones, I look at him as an intellectual. Even though when he's on CNN, he's doing you know very punditry type of you know it, it's this. This hyperbolic rhetoric that you know Trump is you know the the devil and and you go through the list of all the things that he said. But if you were to actually have a conversation with him, I think you'd find there's a lot more common ground, or at the very least, you'd be able to discover the fundamental roots of where the disagreements would would arise from in an intellectual manner. So, tossing to you, John Pierre, is maybe the issue that we're taking our entire perspectives of Ben Shapiro and and a little bit of Dr. Peterson based on what they've put out there versus like, okay, what they put out there that has been picked up by the audience. Cause it's easier to understand versus the more meat and potato stuff. That is really what they, they believe, but it's just, it's not, it's not sexy. So it's not being looked at by the audience at large. Um, I guess, I guess that could be part of the, it's definitely, you know, when Ben Shapiro messes up or says something just 
completely idiotic. Obviously, that gets a lot of traction. And everybody that didn't hear anything about him to begin with hears this, you know, uh, you know, unsavory thing and then just jumps to conclusions. Um, I think what might be like the bigger problem and this is kind of going a little outside the conversation, but I think like just our like a what is deemed like I think the the the. Um, the standard for what is intellectual and then what is not. So, like, whether you're Tommy Loren, Shapiro, or an a academic intellectual, or even, like, Peterson, I think there are several different layers separating all of them. And I think that... So, even if you accept that Shapiro is not an intellectual or whatever, I don't think that the next step above him is automatically a... who is a certifiable intellectual... So I think between so the, there's like several different levels between the type of person or pundit commentator whatever that Shapiro is and then the type of person that Tommy Loren is and then you know even Van Jones and Peterson blah 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 but then there's also um, the viewers the readership itself the audience there's their quality of content I believe at this point for most people is so low that to them, you know, they hear Tommy Loren and they're like, maybe after a while they get tired of it and they're like, okay, that's not really worth it. You know, I'm done. But then they go to somebody like Shapiro or Van Jones or, you know, take your pick of people that show up on TV. I'm like, oh, this person can talk about these things a little more civilly. They actually have some interesting interesting things to say. It's not just like yelling at the camera. You know, okay, maybe they, you know, then they mistake them for being intellectual when in reality they're just a higher, a higher form of commentator and they have worthwhile things to say. And it's not because, and just because you're not an intellectual doesn't mean you don't have worthwhile things to say. There's plenty of people that I follow and appreciate on Twitter and you know, the writing sphere or whatever, who are not intellectuals by any standard, but always bring interesting things to the conversation. And I, you know, I trust what they have to say, but I'm not going to label them an intellectual just because I think they're civil and can communicate ideals and have some backing behind them. So jump here really quick. And just because this is my, my curiosity now that's speaking here. So, you know, we, we kind of set the definition well, the dictionary definition of an intellectual before saying, you know, mm -hmm. it's the person who engages in critical thinking, research, and reflection about society, and then proposes solutions for its normative problems. So, I, I guess where I'm I'm having trouble crossing the bridge here is what I guess you, you you've shown us who you would say would be a pseudo intellectual in like in somebody like Shapiro. Who who I guess would you classify in your perspective? as a, a true intellectual that we can at the very least kind of give a, a comparison from them to Shapiro so I can kind of see where you're coming from. The, the most ready um, image that I have example, at least when it comes to conservatism, is uh, obviously William F. Buckley. Um, not to say that I like agree with him on everything, but I think he was more certifiably an intellectual than Shapiro. Um, in what way? Just just f for my curiosity. Like, what was it about William F. F. Buckley that 
you're like, yeah, that's why I like him better than Shapiro. From what I've, I don't know, I've researched some of the stuff between him and Gore Vidal and everything. And even though they had their, you know, I guess like mishaps and everything, and um, they definitely got into some fighting matches, they just had a, a better command of uh, the facts around them. And not even just facts, but just like historical accounts, um, the intricacies of like philosophical, ideological perspectives and everything. And had just like a way of talking that like, yes, you could understand it, but it was not dumbed down, if that makes sense. So... Like, there's plenty of academics who talk like an academic, and it's very hard for us to understand them. But then there's also academics who don't talk like that, but are still, they're not dumbing down anything, and it's still very much academic material that they're throwing at us. They just write in a helpful manner. So... Um, with, so now I have another question because yeah. I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad because like I, we've been following each other on, on Twitter for now for like almost two years I'd say, and you're you're I guess last year when you really had this I don't say epiphany but just like it started to be more prevalent in your your profile and your in your feed that you know, you're not a Ben Shapiro fan I'm like why um, like I, I I'm a big fan of Ben Shapiro and just because I've listened to a lot of his 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 work not only just on the the YouTube you know the what do they call it the mic drop moments like. Mm-hmm. I listen to the reasonings and, and when he brings up why he believes something um, and he has evidence to back it up, I, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I have my experience in, in political science and he's using empirical data and he's, he's you know, trying to do uh, analysis and uh, trying to be objective, I think. And I'd like to say, you know, the 2016 election, Shapiro showed himself to be much more intellectually consistent and honest than the likes of a Sean Hannity or the likes of a Rush Limbaugh or even the likes of a, a Mark Levin. Um who they were kind of, I would say, the, the pinnacle for 15, 10, 15, 20 years in the, the conservative movement as, like, these quote-unquote intellectual icons. And if anything, like, I've never really considered them to be that, but if anything, the, the 2016 election showed that, no, they're not, they're not intellectual, intellectuals. They're, they're truly pundits who, they're smart. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's where I'm having a, a little bit of an issue trying to, to cross that bridge is maybe... Is it, is it that more along the lines that you know a, a gentleman like William Buckley he he didn't have to present his ideas in a twenty four seven you know always connected environment where we didn't get to see the snarky tweet about Rosie O'Donnell or we didn't have to see him in an interview um, with Zoe Tur where you know he was calling Zoe Tur by their original sex pronouns and you know it makes him in a very awkward situation um is it maybe is that something that is why there's a little bit of an issue like we're looking at these these individuals from the past in, in rose-colored lenses i i don't know about the uh you know if will and f buckley were had social media and everything um from just his personality from what i know i i'm pretty sure he would be pretty vocal um and you can even like his interactions with Gore Vidal and everything, like those two hated each other, but like still had some weird respect thing going on. But um, besides that, I don't know. Buckley is the most 
recent, the most obvious example, I really haven't, I haven't at this point tried to find specific people who are deemed intellectuals, um, mostly because also they're just not readily there to, to show themselves, I guess. I think that's another thing. Shapiro carries himself like somebody who's in the business of creating content and pushing out an opinion on everything, not as somebody who is trying to, like, elevate everybody's thinking and perspectives on an issue. Instead, it's like, you know, so the Rosie O'Donnell thing happens, and then he plugs that into, like, abortion or whatever and just totes his line um <clears throat> okay so hmm. so now i'm just trying to i'm trying to wrap my head around because now to- i also like to a slight degree i think that intellectualism is a little more complicated than the usual definitions you mm-hmm. know um but that's a, a tired entirely other discussion that it's probably not worth having at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, and, and I get that. Like, and, and the whole goal of this show is to really try to find common ground where we can. Um, and, and I'm not sure if you guys had the chance to listen to last week's show, but, like, you know, I was coming in from the perspective that I'm a, I'm a climate change skeptic, and I had two friends on who were, you know, one was a diehard progressive, and one was a uh, more moderate individual, but who had a, has a degree in bio and has, you know, had the chance to study this kind of stuff. And, like, you know, I think we were able to walk away not necessarily agreeing, but just kind of having a more mutual understanding of the issue and where the different perspectives are coming from. And that's what I really want from this episode today is to to get these two different, like, these two different perspectives out in the open and to talk about them. Because, I mean, we're in this, this generation where we're, you know, behind the confines of 240 characters on Twitter and, you know, we... We can't get into a conversation like this through a tweet. We, we, we can't. And even even when we have the ability to to write articles like, like Ben Shapiro does or to go on television, I mean, if you're on TV doing these, these TV interviews, you're, you're, you're in this confine of the, the time you're allowed and what the interviewer is going to let you do. And I really just, I want to be able to talk about this kind of stuff and try to at least find where we can say, ah, there's the there's the thing that we have the the disagreement on. Now we might not be able to rectify that, but we can at least acknowledge it, and we can going forward be able to say that's where it comes from. And with that being said, we can at least understand where each side is coming from, and we can just agree to say we disagree and shake hands and walk away. Um, now, shooting this back over to to Brendan. Now, Brendan. With regards to, um, I guess, Ben Shapiro and Dr. Peterson, and to look at what John Pierre's bringing up with his concerns and where his issues are, if you could, let's pretend Dr. Peterson and Ben Shapiro were listening right now, what would you recommend to them to help show that they they actually are intellectuals and they're not these pseudo-intellectuals, they know what they're talking about, they're not just trying to push a partisan agenda, even though it's kind of their day job to do that, but they actually do genuinely care about the discourse. What would your you know, blueprint to success be? Um, I want to respond to one thing John Pierre said first, and I can answer Rock that on, question do it. Yep. real fast as well. Um, it, it, I think there was something where John Pierre said that 
you know, you really couldn't name many other intellectuals. And I think the largest thing about it, this might be one of our disagreements is why he thinks there's not many, you know, you can't name many intellectuals is because um, often intellectuals sit there writing in um, some journal that no, uh, nobody reads except somebody that has a PhD because none of us can understand it. Um, I think there's levels to intellectualism. There's obviously the, you know, the high level professors that are writing with PhDs writing major journals and stuff. But um, then the, I think there's this level of intellectual that uh, Peterson actually described really well in that Rubin Report interview. And he said um, that people come for the scandal that these kind of guys create, but then they stay for the content. Um, and I think if, if this will transition into my answer there. Um, one thing that these guys could do better, especially I think Shapiro, is that um, they, I, I think they might focus a little too much on the scandal part or trying to get the attention um, part. And he does have the content, but it, it, it does occasionally fade a little bit to the back and said, so maybe find a little bit more of a balance. I don't think that makes him not an intellectual, but I think it, yeah, it fades a little bit when he focuses um, more on um, what Jean-Pierre was saying, catering to the base, things like that. But I think there's the problem, and I do understand that why Shapiro does this, is when you're dealing with um, some of these people on the left, um, from Shapiro's perspective, that um, often just, you know, are just boom, 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 really you know, quick views that might not have any backing to them necessarily. But sometimes you have to respond very bluntly or whether it's something Trump said or what the left said or something. I don't have a problem. I think this is where we might have a disagreement is that I think Shapiro's response, he has a well-thought-out response really fast as an intellectual, but that can shut down the opposition. I think Twitter, for things like that, I think that's a good thing for an intellectual to be able to express himself very quickly. Um, often, you can't do that. And a lot of Shapiro's success is uh, I think both of them and Shapiro could. I, I think they need to find a little bit more balance. I think uh, Peterson has a little balance. He's going a little bit more into the um, uh, you know, the creator side. But um, maybe they, they, they keep creating content on the stage. But make sure there's that added, more of that added. Make sure there's if you write that article, make sure there's a link to another article that's even more in depth. So, a link to a video where you talk about something more. So, um, so, and, and they, they oh, you make the connection. Can you hear me, Brennan? Yep. Okay, cool. So, um, so we are getting towards the end here. I, I wanted to, I guess, how, how we can really end this is, I mean, John Pierre, so if you could, like, if you could wave your magic wand. And you could fix. I mean, we had Brendan give his his pitch to to Ben Shapiro and to um, Dr. Peterson. What would your magic wand moment be for Ben Shapiro and Dr. Peterson to make them, in your world, become intellectuals? Um, I'm just gonna address it to Shapiro because I I know a lot more about how how he operates <clears throat> at this point than uh, Peterson. Yep, but yep. Uh, I think I think overall, I mean, if he had a more nuanced perspective on issues, um, like I don't, 
in some of his recent speeches at at Berkeley and these other places, he's said his like a favorite line about among um, some conservatives that like you know if you don't commit a crime, you're not going to get arrested or the police are not going to bug you if you don't commit a crime. Like just statements like that that are very very just black and white and leaving no room. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not even clickbaity. They're just, like, just denying reality, honestly. And even if you even if you agree with the statement, you should still want a more nuanced approach to the issue so that somebody actually listens. So if somebody disagrees with you, they can actually hear you out instead of being like... Because st- statements like that are meant to... Are, are like what Brendan said, they're they're like lash out statements to like shut people down. So I guess I guess one of the biggest things is just for Shapiro to have a more nuanced approach to issues. Um not pain as everything is like a doom and gloom, like you know, the left is trying to destroy marriage or trying to destroy America or the left hates America, you know, all these things that are very declarative over dramatic statements um i don't know I, I could name a lot of little little things but uh um yeah i guess that that basically okay. sums up the biggest issues okay so so i mean i i think we we've been able to discover where the issue is and I think if I were, and this is me now giving my perspective, is it, it comes down to the likes of the ship. Like, let, let's just take Ben because Ben is easier because he's, you know, he he's just he's Ben, um, and he is he is sensational and he he does use hyper hyperbole. And I think it comes down to Ben Shapiro trying to, and again, this is my perspective. I don't know if this is actually true, um, but it comes down to Ben being too smart for his own good. And trying to use his ability to be this this you know quick witted smart aleck guy who who can talk to the masses, and he does it in a partisan way, but at the very least he's trying to bring in a different perspective into the conversation versus the likes of like a Tommy Laren who's who's just spewing garbage because that's what she heard from you know from Breitbart that day. Um, I, I I get your your points, John Pierre. That like it is it is hyper partisan, and usually it is. It's very black and white. Um, I agree when it comes to when it comes to that. I do agree that I think if Ben were able to remove some of that, that it would give him more credibility um, for those that are not like thinking. Um, but I think also one of the the, the things here that. It's just it's just a matter of opinion when it comes to intellectualism. Um, you know, your perspective as to what an intellectual is going to be different than Brendan's, and Brendan's is going to be different than you know Bill down the road, and Bill's is going to be different than you know Cody's down the road. It's just it's it's one of those things where it's going to be so subjective, um, and there's no real there's no real button to say like that's where they are. They are an intellectual, um, and I think Brendan, you you did bring up some good points too with regards to the. Uh, professors who were not hearing. I mean, there there are some brilliant people. It's just that they don't know how to speak to the masses, so we're not hearing their words. And unfortunately, because of that, we don't get to 
to see their intellectual side. Whereas we have someone like a Ben Shapiro who the only reason that he's out there is because he was sensational and you know, that's why he has a voice. So with that being said, because I, I do want to get things wrapped up here. So I'm going to do now. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, we are libertarians. Um, but the, the flagship show, we are libertarians. They do at the very end. Uh, it's called the final thoughts. So I want to, to you know, that was my final, final thought. I want to shoot it over to you guys. So we'll start with Brendan. Very briefly, you know, what is your final thought for not only the discussion here about Ben Shapiro and Dr. Peterson, but maybe going forward how we can try to uh, find some more common ground in the future? Yeah, I think um, something that I think we agree, uh, I jump here on how Ben Shapiro especially could improve. Uh, and I, I think he could use a little bit more nuance. Um, but I think that's also just, you know, this is something that our society in general can improve on. Uh, I, I like to say this is my final thought. We need to be able to have actual discussions. This is something, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be able to be in college right now and actually be at a school that we allow this kind of discussion where you can have deep issues and major disagreements, but actually be able to have those discussions. You know, our society on Facebook, Twitter, you know, Reddit, whatever social media site you use, it just becomes a yelling match. I mean, I've had to have, try to have intellectual discussions with people on Twitter. You can't describe uh, economic theory to people in 280 characters. Heck, the, the 140 we used to have. Um, we, and, and just in talking to people in general, it's become a shouting match. Um, we need to learn that this isn't two tribes. It's not two parties. It's, we need to be able to actually have disagreements on topics, but talk about them. And that's the only way we're going to be able to find solutions on these things. And I think that's why we're at the point we are in our country, you know, in the state of the union, only one party standing, the other sitting the whole time. I think, you know, this, this is both parties faults, but we need people on both sides to say enough of this, let's come together and talk. We're going to disagree, but maybe we can at least understand what the other side is saying. And I, I think that's the most important thing. I'm glad we can kind of had that conversation here. If you can understand what somebody else is saying, you'll be able to relate to them. And they're no longer your enemy. They're just someone with a different opinion. Oh, good point. I like that. Um, that was a good way to conclude that there, Brennan. John Pierre, final thoughts for you on this uh, this conversation that it sparked my interest because of your, your tweets. What, what, what would you say <laughs> you take away from our, our little uh, our little uh, powwow tonight and kind of where you are going forward with, uh, with good old Ben? Um, I, I guess like the, the biggest uh, points coming out of here is just like, trying to um i guess more narrowly define what intellectualism is it is and also trying to find those people who are intellectual or who are just you know lesser well known um and then also pinning down exactly where everybody's standards for you know qual um content are and because that that also helps a lot too, because um, then then you actually know where people are coming from and can, I guess you know, promote different content to them and different ways of looking at things in a way that they're going to latch onto, but then also in a way that they're going to slowly evolve um, what they like content wise. 
I dig it. All right. Well, now uh, now it comes to the the most important part of the um, of the podcast, and that is uh, predictions. All right. Brendan Noble, Super Bowl is on Saturday. We got uh, we got the Patriots of New England and the Eagles of Philadelphia. Give me a prediction. Who's going to win? Score. This is a really unpopular opinion, but uh, you know I've really supported Tom Brady since he was back at U of M. I'm a big Michigan fan here, so I'm going to go with the Patriots. Might not be the huge comeback they had last time, but uh, I'm going to say. Uh, 28 to 24. Oh, dude, Close right game. now I'm, I'm here in the the city of brotherly love, and I can hear like people down the street screaming at that. All right. Jean-Pierre, uh, Super Bowl prediction. Who you got, and what's the score? <laughs> I'm actually going to throw out an even more um, unpopular opinion than Brendan, but uh, I actually don't even follow sports. Oh, so... shit. <laughs> Are you just going to be there I for the commercials? I would have known that. <laughs> You're just going to be there for the commercials, be able to watch the, the, the dog commercials, and then Budweiser doing something that's going to make us cry, right? Yeah, maybe. I might even just, I don't know, read or something. I don't know what I'm doing. That's Sunday, <laughs> right? It is Sunday, yes. It is Sunday. Um, nice. I mean, here I am in Philadelphia, and you know what? This is, this is probably the most unpopular opinion just because of where I am. I live in Philadelphia, and I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, oh wow! No, 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 no. That, that, that's that's unpopular. Are you ready for something even more unpopular? I'm not going to piss off just the Eagles fans. I'm going to piss off the Cowboys fans because I actually want to see the Eagles win. Just because number one, the city's going to like go crazy. I'm fully anticipating like riots in the streets. Um, but number two, because there's a high chance that like it it's going to shut down the city for like three days. Um, so that would just be fun to see. Um, I actually am. I'm gonna. Uh, my optimistic, if the Eagles were to win, is like a. 21-17, uh, but it's Tom Brady, and he's Tom Brady, and it's the Patriots, and it's Bill Belichick. I want to say 28-24 Patriots, but I'm really hoping it's 21-17 Eagles. But, okay, that was fun. With that being said, um, guys, thank you so much for uh, for hopping on today. Um, again, this is uh, this has been Brian Nichols with John Pierre, Matt, May, May Lee. I almost got it wrong there. Got it for me. And uh, Brendan Noble, John Pierre. Where can they uh, people find you on Twitter? Um, John Pierre May Lee uh, on Twitter. That's about the best place at the moment. Awesome. And uh, Brendan, where can people find you? I uh, go at Brendan underscore Noble. Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, Noble, N-O-B-L-E. Awesome. And as always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at B Nichols Liberty or follow me on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. And if you uh, like the show and you want to keep hearing more of this great kind of content, please feel free to go over to Patreon at B Nichols Liberty and uh, feel free to make a monthly subscription donation. Every little bit helps. Brendan, John Pierre, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Brian Nichols Show. And until next week, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Brian.